Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Here to discuss the camp notes for August 17th, and with me, as he has been for the last couple of weeks, Kyle Barber. How you doing, buddy? Yet another great day to be covering the Baltimore Ravens. How are you doing, Ken? Life is good. Life is good. I can't complain at all. And uh, and let's talk about this. A little, kind of an easy practice today. Uh, the team obviously thinking about moving to Carolina and going down to some very hotly contested practices. They'll be in pads the next two days. They were out of pads today as kind of a warm-up for that uh, early flight and early end of practice. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. They uh, There was a quick turnaround time is what the PR staff was kind of saying, that they're trying to get in and, and get the practice going. They didn't have any players available for us to discuss with in the post-practice uh, presser. So clearly they want to do uh, get everything set up and scheduled to where they can get to Carolina, they can get a day of rest in, and uh, prepare for the next couple of practices against the Carolina Panthers. Yep, so lots of uh, lots of fun. These these team practices have always been, I think, a good steal on steal opportunity for the Ravens. You know, where they've done it with the 49ers. I think they did them with the Redskins one year. They definitely did them with the Eagles one year. Just been a, a good rotational opportunity to, to, to get in some good practice. Yeah, they did so with the L.A. Rams a few years back and also the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they've had uh, some great competition and opportunity. They also, as you did say, uh, go up against the Chip Kelly Eagles way back when. So they've been bouncing around. They always try to schedule something like this. I think they benefit from it. And uh, overall, you know, I, it, it gets tiresome playing against the same guys and competing mm-hmm. against the same groups day in and day out. So this is a little bit of a change up a mix-up and also it it keeps the constant rhythm uh of practicing against somebody else in motion which is really good um i don't know if we want to kind of get into that uh right now but we we, we can i mean I, I i buy it completely as well because there's still a lot of brother-in-law play on the offensive line defensive line for example even when uh they're playing and they will play by su- even when they play their own team but when they play an opposing team uh-uh <laughs> you know they're working hard. They do play by the same rules that each team does at practice, meaning they don't hit people low, they don't block people low, uh, etc. But other than that, they're uh, uh, you know they're they're hotly contested practices. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then also the big thing is is, is the the first team defense can constantly go up against a first team offense instead of moving and switching and rotating that around. It's a really important factor that the Ravens' first team offense can go up against uh, you know the star starting defense for the Panthers and they can get more reps in that way instead of kind of switching through and rotating around and and guys getting tired it it allows these guys to really compete against uh, another adversary right if you've been on at these practices before they have two fields going at once so offense versus defense on one field offense versus defense the other way on the other field so you kind of get uh you you definitely get opponent reps but they are still being everybody is participating offense and defense on both teams even though they have an, uh, you know, another opponent. Yeah, and it's a. Uh it's super entertaining. Uh, I, I was there for the Rams competitions. I've been there for the Jacksonville Jaguars ones. And watching two fields full of 180 mm-hmm. athletes, you know, NFL athletes, and just competing against each other, there's constantly something going on. And uh, fortunately, that year we had a, a, a few people from the Baltimore Beatdown staff able to attend, and and we had to break it up. I was like, "What are you gonna? What do you want to cover the Ravens' offense today? You want to cover the defense? There's so much stuff going on. They're really entertaining." practices and it's cool to watch uh unique drills that you don't see from the Ravens side mm-hmm. you know they go through different drills that the panthers set up that they do for their defensive linemen or their tackles what so have you and and vice versa you know the ravens and you know jody alessandris gets to show a little bit of uh coaching to um the panthers kind of guys and work with them and, and show them what drills they do so it's a really great opportunity for, for both teams there's not a whole lot of downsides other than they have to travel to carolina at this point right Right, yeah. So that, there's a little bit of lost time there. Let's talk injury notes for today because it was a it was an injury 
Uh, news day, we'll call it. So, the, so first of all, Ronnie Stanley was at practice uh, Monday, Wednesday of last week. Now, uh, today, uh, Kevin Zeitler was also there. He was there yesterday, but that really meant that they had a lot of their starting offensive line back. Uh, Bradley Bozeman returned from Saturday's ankle injury. Very good news. Absolutely. It was a big concern seeing that he was uh, he exited. And overall, that's it, 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 at one point felt like they only had one of their original starting five out there with Alejandro Villanueva. Uh, ben Cleveland is still out with concussion, and Stanley still has yet to participate in any full team activities, I think. He's been out there in shell stuff, but I haven't seen him out there. Yeah, he's, he, he played in 11, in 11 on 11 today without pads mm-hmm. for one set. So okay. Yes, it, that's that's a good first step, but but I expect next he won't play this weekend. I'm sure. I expect next week next week we're going to see eleven on eleven work. Uh, I guess we might not see it, but it'll be eleven on eleven work uh, in pads. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a big long process for this offensive line to get cohesive and work together, and hopefully uh, this is now on the horizon you know of opportunity for them to uh partner up and and gel together as a five-man unit hoping that uh cleveland doesn't uh deal with any long-lasting concussion symptoms yeah i absolutely so you mentioned cleveland already christian welch also returned from that stinger that that's that's kind of surprised me because that stinger is often code for concussion when you know they don't want to say it, but they, but they, you know, they want to imply it some sort of nerve or, you know, potentially dangerous head injury. Uh, they'll often say stinger, but, but this actually was a stinger apparently, and he's out of the concussion protocol if he was ever in it, uh, if if it was not the case. So uh, go see him back. Ken, have you ever had a stinger before? Have you ever suffered no. that? Oh my gosh, they're they're miserable. I uh, I tackled with my head down in eighth grade on a on a drill, and I hit uh, my teammate's like thigh pad with my shoulder, and it pulled my neck like to the right, and it knocked my shoulder downward, and it kind of pulled my nerve. And every time from then on, every practice, I would have to essentially just get another stinger to get it out of the way. It was like every time <laughs> I would tackle, and even when I was doing better tackling drills like my shoulder hurt so bad because it was just kind of like every time i tackle there would be like a jolt of electricity just going from my neck through my shoulder stingers are miserable so when players talk about getting those ah man it's i remember them horribly just every time it made me like i called my dad like i don't want to play anymore everything hurts every time i tackle and i was trying to go super soft in practice by the end of it i'm not a big physical guy obviously Mm -hmm. but I uh, I didn't like tackling. I liked being a very offensive kid. I liked being wide receiver, just catching passes and running out, the, <laughs> running to the sidelines. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, but man, stingers are hell. So uh, watching uh, Welch come back from that, I was like, if that was actually just a stinger, because like you said, sometimes it it can be uh, a concussion instead, um, because it's kind of a, a generic term of like nerve stuff. Yep. And um, and so seeing Welch come back from that and he was practicing today just fine but man stingers are no fun i had that personal experience in middle school so not not pleasant the worst news of the day marlon humphrey left practice after slipping in a one-on-one drill in coverage 
uh, moved to the back of the end zone. It was kind of at the goal line that he, he slipped. Uh, then he limped off uh, with the trainer uh, back into the building. So a very scary moment, obviously. It appeared to be a lower leg injury of some sort. You know, we thought knee, ankle, we weren't sure. Um, and then Jamison Hemsley came out with news uh, since then, about the last hour, hour and a half, that actually it's a minor sprain. And he don't have a timetable on when he'll be back, but I'm sure he won't play this weekend. But I don't also expect it to be uh, him to miss the opener against yeah. the Raiders. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think I'm curious to know if he's actually going to join the team in uh, Carolina, uh, just because you know he he was getting probably tests done, and that they were trying to get out of here at a. At a decent hour mm-hmm. so i was just uncertain if he would actually participate with him with, with the team or not um he he kind of deserves a day or two of rest marlin as john harbaugh infam- you know famously said at the beginning of training camp <clears throat> is that marlin plays every snap like yep. it's the last down of the super bowl he is a hundred percent all the time he doesn't take a snap off he's still a very young and hard-working guy that still wants to be greater he's already earned all pro nominations but he's still pursuing more which is awesome for the team and for himself but you know it, that's a that's a way to I don't, i'm not gonna say get yourself injured but i think you know, he puts himself a little bit of risk because he wants to compete at such a high level all the time that he's not taking practice snaps off. He's not, you know, waltzing through it. He's not doing this brother-in-law play. He's right. bullying receivers every single time, and he's a yeah. hyper-physical player. Yeah, I mean, it's the other day when Watkins had a long pass where he was behind the defense on the right side of the field from the offense's perspective. Humphrey was on the left side of the field. He, he raced after him from across the field. And it, that's, it was in such juxtaposition to what we've seen from uh, Earl Thomas pulling up on Chubb's 88-yard touchdown run and saying, oh, I don't want to pull a hamstring. That, that would be, you know, that would be foolish. So it, it just, it, it actually was foolish for Humphrey to be doing that in practice, but it certainly sends a good message to the younger players. Yeah, he's just such a hardworking player. He's already earned a lot of recognition in this league, but the the desire for more is a trait that is really hard to uh, to have from anybody, and you can't teach that. And to watch Humphrey still be willing to work this hard uh, is is incredible. And hopefully, he gets a couple of days uh, of rest here soon, just to rehab his uh, his mild sprain back. Uh, like you said, it wasn't considered serious, but it'll be interesting to. See see if he's participating in practice tomorrow or at all with the uh, Panthers. Yeah, at, uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, a bunch of players missed practice today. Hollywood is still out. McSorley, the back problem was announced after the game or the day after. Uh, Bateman is still out. Watkins out from yesterday. Kane has been out, what, about a week now or a little bit more even. Uh, Brandon Stevens was out today. That was a new one. We didn't know it was coming. A little surprising, but no number 21 on the field. Jimmy Smith still out. Justice Hill, Alaka still out, and frankly, I don't think he'll play another down. Uh, Juwan James, of course, is still on pup. Uh, Mance uh, is out. They're, the interesting thing, the Ravens have 86 on their roster, so by 4 p.m. they have to make a cut or an IR move, and the thought is they may have already made a cut, 
And Jeff Zrebeck said to me that he thinks there may be a player who, uh, you know, they, they were thinking about cutting who may be claiming that he's injured. And it's, it's a, you know, it's, now they're into another set of negotiations over that. So it's an interesting, interesting comment. Jeff's very on top of this, uh, that he's already, he knows the number that they've already got one too many and, and, they, and they have to cut, cut back. So really respect the people who keep track of that. And then Cleveland, Boykin, Boyle, and Crawford all out. Crawford, uh, you know, a, a kind of a bummer after a really big game on Saturday night. Yeah, I really liked what I saw out of Crawford, and it made me feel really validated that I actually caught that because <clears throat> I'm not the biggest film buff, um, though I'm, you know, on your show called Film Study, but I don't always uh, do the film work uh, that others do and the effort level involved on that. But I watched D-line and O-line play like you and I had mm-hmm. talked about previous to the to Saturday's game on your show, and that was a guy that I watched and I was really impressed by. I saw him get a lot of push on some plays and and knock a center a few steps back and, and just overall have some push. So a little disappointed to hear about that. Um, <clears throat> I liked him. I liked what I saw out of that yeah. guy. And uh, uh, hopefully he lands elsewhere if, or, 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 you know, the situation improves. Yeah, the Saints were without some of their players, but um, he was up actually at center against Will Clapp, who was a guy who really wanted the Ravens to draft couple of years ago. I'm trying to remember the exact year it was. It might have even been the year they got Bozeman. He was one of the other guys that was that would have been in there. But uh, uh, he's still around and, and uh, you know, he's a, he's a NFL caliber center that, that uh, Crawford was able to bully around. Broderick Washington, I thought, also had a good game. We already did the shows to, to do this thing, so I said I don't want to go over that for the, for the listeners again. But uh, I'm glad you saw that about Crawford because I was, I was high on him, too. I want to talk about a new drill I saw today that I, I it's you said you'd seen it before. I had not, but um, it's done, run by the defensive line coach uh, Brooks, who's Brooks's son, but the, the, it's, it's not Clarence Brooks, who's the younger Brooks. I don't have it off the we'll, top of my head. We'll, we'll get it in a moment. Anyway, he, he, he runs two vertical blue pads that are supposed to represent consecutive offensive linemen. And the defensive linemen have to come up a one-on-two on these pads and try and make the correct move that's probably done by play call. Uh, but ideally, they want them to deal with their hands and their body appropriate relative to two blockers. So sometimes they have to take on a double team. Sometimes they have to beat it left. Sometimes they have to beat it right. You know, They, they have a, a variety of things they can do. Sometimes they have to split it. Um, but they, uh, a very interesting drill. And I thought one of the funny things there was Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell laying the smack talk on from the, from the back row. Yeah, so uh, Jason Brooks is who I have down here for the assistant defensive line coach. Um, but <clears throat> on top of that, the, the drill is hilarious because, one, like you had just mentioned, Clays Campbell and Brandon Williams are smack-talking one another and everybody else that has any poor reps. Brandon Williams was not scared to say, Clays, you just stood up and you split your arms like you're going in for a hug because Campbell did have a bad rep on that snap. <laughs> He, he got his brain was telling him to do two different things and he decided to simultaneously perform both actions and instead of knocking one blocker and then swimming to the next he just kind of pushed his arms out at both and he had a sumo pose and it looked funny it looked funny and everybody made sure to make fun of him for it yeah. specifically brandon williams but then when williams went up there you know he made sure that he did every single rep correctly and he uh he got after javon swan when uh swan had a poor rep he said Ugh! 
oh, that was ugly. You know, they yes. they holler at each other <laughs> and they get after each other on that drill. Um, yeah, I have seen that drill performed once before. Uh, going back to that a little bit. I've seen them do it before, and uh, Derek Wolf was kind of the guy that was, you know, bugging everybody when they had poor, poor performances on that drill. So uh, it's it's been done one other time, from what I can recollect of my memory. It is it is fair for Brandon to be the talker on this one because there's no one who faces quite as many double teams as he does on the Ravens, uh, you know, defensive lines, very adept at, at, you know, two gapping when he needs to, obviously when he's facing one guy or, or, you know, trying to get between two guys and having them push him off the ball and whatnot. Uh, He's, uh, he's earned a little bit of smack talk there and he certainly delivered it today. He's kind of feeling like a a comedian who kind of got on a roll and he says one thing and people think it's funny. And then he says the second thing and people kind of still laughing at it. And then all of a sudden he does it for the next 11 guys it's like he's got something to say about everything so you you see that sometimes and uh it's good to see i mean they need some light spirits at camp yeah no doubt about it uh speaking of light spirits at one point calais campbell and brandon williams were shadow boxing one another and wrestling against one another and i think fans weren't there today and I mm-hmm. think they finally, you know, let themselves show a little bit more character because if fans saw that, they would be like, oh, they're being a little bit lazy or something, or they're just goofing around here. They're not taking it seriously. But these guys most definitely take it seriously because while they're goofing off, waiting for the next drill to be set up by coaches or by assistants, interns, what so have you, athletics trainers and stuff like that, they're grabbing water. Uh, they're goofing off and they're wrestling one another. As soon as that drill went live, everybody was competing at it, trying to make sure that that they didn't screw it up because one Brandon Williams is smack talking them and two because you know the the first cuts have been laid down and uh, there's there's some D linemen there that have an opportunity to maybe make the roster as a depth player or they're also performing to have good things from their coaches to say yeah. to other teams in case they you know unfortunately suffer the axe because Ravens at defensive line right now are filled with veteran talent. Yeah. This is something you and I mentioned that they need to find young talent sooner rather than later because you know these guys aren't going to be sticking around for much longer due to either contracts or just age of play like with Calais Campbell um, that was another effort we, we got to move on here but but the, the, the Ravens on the defensive line their practice squad has been poached as much as any other team over the years in terms of where you find that extra guy on the edge to bring in when you when you're a defensive lineman down so there's going to be some guys in Crawford and and perhaps Washington if they don't make the team uh, are both candidates to be to be pilfered for sure yep absolutely all right, the OL ones today were looking more like the offensive line that we expect to see in the opener. It really only lasted for one series of 11 on 11s, but Stanley, Phillips, Bozeman, Zeitler, Villanueva don't have Cleveland in there. I do expect him to be the opening day starter. It becomes less likely if this concussion lingers, obviously, but uh, I, he would be my selection of the players they have right now. And uh, even without you know, Phillips there, it's pretty close to that opening day starting roster. Yeah, it was it was nice to see Stanley in there. I did notice him in there, but uh, I didn't notice it was only one series on that. So seeing him out there was nice. Uh, it, it just gives you a boost of confidence watching this team to see, you know, this franchise left tackle back in position. Uh, as for the left guard role, it is between you know Ben Cleveland versus the field at this point for me. Um, they they've talked about Ben Powers, even Tyree Phillips, um, and and right now Greg Roman said it's wide open he said if mm-hmm. if we notice somebody i think we're you're going to notice them more but 
you know, in that role, and uh, they're going to just work these guys in until they can really settle on a starter. But they've been rotating everybody in and out of that spot, some due to injury, but also because they, I don't think they really have made their final selection yet. I think they have a favorite for it, but I don't think mm-hmm. they've made their final selection on it. I, I think you're right. I mean, this is going to be a little bit different, I think, from past years where Harbaugh is a, a big make-a-rookie-earn-it guy because Cleveland was notoriously Harbaugh's guy in the draft. And so I think there's, it's more likely that he's going to give him this job uh, as the time comes up. I also think the Ravens need Phillips to concentrate on being a backup right tackle because I think that's the position where he can step in for the Ravens. And the Ravens bombed out a tackle in this in this first exhibition game with uh, four guys completely failing at the tackle spot they played, including Phillips on the left. So I, I don't want to go too much more into that because we talked a lot about that in the, last night. Um, let's, let's talk about individual players. Who stood out to you? And we'll just alternate on this thing in, like you usually In practice do. today, I liked uh, some of uh, Tyler Huntley's throws. He had a lot of zip on them. Mm-hmm. Um, he hit uh, Tomlinson in the hands on this. It, I, it essentially looked like a one-step drop, honestly. He snapped the ball, and the entire line was kind of pass block towards the right. He followed them for one, maybe two steps. Tomlinson's crossing the formation from left to right. And, you know, he goes off of that left tackle spot is where it looked. And he was crossing to the right side. And quickly, Huntley just steps up, throws it, tosses it over the top. And uh, defensive linemen barely, you know, are engaged in these uh, these blocks trying to, you know, do their job, and the ball's already over the top of them. I thought that was one of his best throws, even though it was a very short one. It's just because he read, diagnosed, got the ball out. Because they were sending the blitz on that one. I think he read through it, and, uh, you know, it's tough to decide whether or not that blitz is coming with this uh, Ravens defense, especially Don Martindale's, because there's a lot of bluffs that can occur in this one and he's he mm-hmm. looks like he's sending six he's sending four he looks like he's sending six he's only sending five he's sending it looks like he's sending four simulated and, and, pressure and yeah and then this and then this cornerback's zipping off on the side so all these different reads and he read it correctly made the right play right away and uh, executed it really well he had a couple other good throws that i liked um he had one to tylen wallace that uh, i was impressed by another one to devin gray who uh made a pretty decent catch uh by that time i think the pressure would have got to him because uh you know huntley was in the backfield but he still managed to complete it into an intermediate route which i liked and uh the only throw that i had that was really kind of poor by huntley was the one that he threw to Tylen Wallace a little earlier on in sevens where Chris Westry shocker gets a gets a PBU. <laughs> okay, was that behind him then? Because I it looked like an okay pass to me that uh, I couldn't decide whether Westry should get the PD on the player or uh, that Wallace should get a drop. So it was you thought it was too far out front, a little bit behind. Where did you think? That, I thought it, the ball was a little bit behind. Um, okay. Tylen Wallace because he did spin around on that one a little bit to catch it and Westry had to reach through kind of because uh, Wallace wasn't really boxing him out all that well from my memory but uh, you know Westry was still pretty involved on the play he didn't give up too much separation there and his recovery once uh, Wallace went to his break was pretty 
pretty close in on it. Um, I, I think you could go either way with it, really. Uh, but I think I, ha I, I went tie goes to the defender on this one and, and gave Westry my PD. Sure, sure. I, I, I do have Westry marked for a PD as well on, on my list. So we can we can scratch that off. We'll talk about the two quarterbacks here uh, and, and the receivers. They had a, a definitely an a, a issue with dropitis today that probably made the, the quarterbacks look not as good. But I thought the throws were generally on target. I, I registered four drops today from Poljan, Darius, Edwards, and Gray, one each. Um, Jackson looked very sharp to me. I agree with your Huntley comments, so I'm not really going to try to add to that. Um, I do think that he he threw the ball into open windows for the most part, and he held the ball and took some sacks. So both of those things. Uh, maybe that's a good thing for Lamar Jackson, because obviously when he holds the ball and takes some sacks, he's not really going to be taking sacks. He's going to be taken off. Um, but they did a good job of that. Must be a little bit annoying, I would think, to Harbaugh in practice to have Lamar actually run the football. Uh, just because that then takes away a rep probably that they can't get reset for quickly. Yeah, no doubt about it, because the way that Jackson operates uh, is in practice is just different from how he plays and performs. For that reason, he's able to just run off. He's able to make plays and escape pressure, and he's sprinting 20 yards downfield. So when you can't really simulate the that kind of stuff in practice, it's got to be a little unnerving to, to like try and reset and hurry up because this, every second that they're in, in practice, they're trying to get as much done as possible, as many reps as possible. And Jackson, you know, sitting in the pocket, sitting in the pocket, finally deciding to escape. He's sprinting away, and now the defense is swarming after him. And and, and that takes up much more time than than it would if it, you know if Flacco would be back there, and he's just like, yeah, I got the pressure was too much, I couldn't escape it. So it's it's just a different opportunity for these guys. Yep. Uh, let's see now. I guess it's my turn to come up with a player for the first time. I, I really like what Ferguson did here. Jalen Ferguson had a consecutive big plays today. First was an interception on a tip from Benjamin Victor, and then a sack off the right edge. Uh, I think that one was actually whistled, but he was all the way in. It definitely, it definitely would have been a sack in that particular case. Coming off that huge game Saturday, and it was enormous uh, for him. It's great to see. Uh, good to see him be a guy who who uh, uh, you know is probably now no longer on the bubble in terms of that outside linebacker rotation. Yeah, I can agree with you there. Um, I was I'm still a little concerned that he was practicing for so much longer and was on the field for so late uh, on on Saturday against the Saints because that was something we noticed with Willie Henry a few years back yes. is like Willie Henry's still out there this late in like the third or fourth preseason game and Ferguson could be different but uh, I thought it's, that was it's different I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you why the Ravens only had four outside linebackers who dressed for the game or well, five including Tyus Bowser who left very early so what the Ravens do and one of the reasons they're so good in the second half of a lot of these games is on the defensive line and at, and at uh, outside linebacker, they rotate all through the game. So, you know, with only four outside linebackers in particular, those guys have to play the entire game. And Ferguson did, and he was a mammoth from beginning to end of that game. Uh, you know, the other outside linebackers also, I thought, played well. Adioye might have been an exception, but but basically they they, they played well as a group. Uh, but there is a good reason for it is that is that the Ravens are actually playing rotationally uh, in order to kind of fuel help fuel that winning streak. That makes sense too, and I and that's what I was trying to uh, consider. So that's that's a good clarification on that for for me and for the audience. Um, I had 
for my next guy, I thought J.K. Dobbins had a pretty good practice. Caught a couple good balls. Um, they were working on a fourth down. A uh, couple. They were working on fourth down drills and plays that they could execute in fourth down. And two passes went to Dobbins. And the first one, he just straight up had this easy route that was wide, like essentially wide open in the flat because there was too much pressure uh, getting sucked inside. So he just caught this easy ball on a, on a fourth and three drill. But the second one was about fourth and eight is is what I heard them shouting because with mm-hmm. less music being played and no fans, you're able to hear a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a, it was a screen pass that they threw to Dobbins on the left side. He catches it and uh, excuse me, I have it on the right side here. And so they throw it on there. Dobbins catches it and he starts to march up field and he does some patience, but also is hurrying himself to where he needs to be because he sprinted up for the first couple of yards and then Derek Wolf is meeting him off, you know, with a good leverage, good angle. And then Dobbins kind of waited just and hesitated just for a moment and that forced Wolf to try and read his play and by then the right tackle and the right guard had come up and started making their blocks Dobbins was able to break away off to the left hand side and he got eight yards I think a little bit more and was able to get that first down on a simulated fourth and eight drill and I thought that was really good showing of him not just of physical attributes but he was really smart on the play to not just oh I'm one on one with Derek Wolf I can beat him to the outside like he waited and let the play develop into what could be more successful and I really liked what I saw out of that. Yeah, very, very, very positive thing. I remember the play, too. I almost remember thinking, I know this is practice, but should he be diving for that first down? You know, because it was close in terms of the, the, the eight yards there. But uh, but a good look. And uh, if it was Ray Rice on fourth and 29, I'm sure he would have been. Uh, <laughs> another guy I thought had a big day, Anthony Averett. Um, he continues to play very well, but a, a physical PD and coverage of Victor. It could have been a DPI, but he was really fighting him for the football 15 yards down the left sideline. By the way, There's some guys pretty low on the wide receiver totem pole getting a lot of snaps today and not necessarily making the least of it either. But but Benjamin Victor is one of them. And and also uh, uh, Darius was out there and he got more snaps than he probably would have otherwise. In fact, Darius probably would have been in the initial group of cuts if the wide receiver situation wasn't what it was frankly right now but uh but he got some time uh and then uh averett also had good stride by stride coverage of prochet 25 yards down the left sideline now we've had you know various discussions about prochet's ability to really separate here but being able to do that to a to a uh any wide receiver frankly is very good if you use the boundary well and and you force the incomplete because the quarterback doesn't doesn't really trust the uh overlapping catch and it perception circles that are involved right uh Don Martindale actually talked incredibly highly of Anthony Aver at the post-practice presser today. Uh, said he was the third best corner on the Ravens roster and said he had all pro potential. Um, he was pretty happy with his performance uh, all throughout training camp thus far um, and, and liked what he saw out of him during the preseason game, which I had a little bit more up and down on Aver. He did give mm-hmm. up the lone touchdown. I assume you've already broken all that down and yes. stuff. But um, just for my sake, yeah. I, I like what I've seen out of Averett. I thought he did have a strong practice. I got him marked down here as well uh, on that um, 
uh, Prochet play. Who's your next the, guy? The victor. Uh, my next guy on here I was looking at was Pat Ricard. He was getting involved on the offense as well. Um, he caught a couple of passes on the sideline. A lot of the times they've been putting him out there on the uh, out wide, and Marcus Peters did one of the most disrespectful things I saw last week, and that was he saw that Pat Ricard, excuse me, Ben Mason was lined up there, saw that it was the fullback, and Peters had his helmet, you know, half on his head, and he slides it all the way down. He slides it all the way down right before the snap is about to happen. He doesn't get in a stance. He's standing straight up, hands almost like if he had, if his jersey had pockets, they would have been in them. And he's like, he's watching the play. Ball snapped. Everybody moves. Ben Mason runs into his his route on the inside. It was on a goal line goal line drill too, where they're in the red zone, so they're trying to score, and. I think it was McSorley at the time because this was when he was still healthy. Snaps the ball, doesn't even look Marcus Peters' way. Doesn't look (laughs) towards Ben Mason, doesn't look that way. Marcus Peters took two steps forward, like just like waiting for his his, his, uh, last rep to end so he could go and stand on the sidelines with Humphrey and the rest of his teammates and stuff. Like that was by far the most disrespectful thing. So when I saw Pat Ricard line up there against Peters on the first play, I was like, oh, this is a dead play. Ball went to, ball went to uh, Pat Ricard, though he caught a short little pass. The next play, he's lined up out wide again, this time against Chuck Clark, and he made another good catch. Uh, Dalen Hayes, I think, had the pressure on that play, though. I do have that marked as, like, uh, uh, Tyler Huntley Huntley would have been sacked by then, but, uh, you know, they still let the play develop just for the the offense's sake, and and he had another decent catch and would have gained some ground on that one, and I was, uh, I liked what I saw out of Pat Ricard getting a couple catches there. Two things about Ricard. First is I think I saw four total catchers for him today, which is which is a, a ton for anybody in practice. Well, if you're not named James Prochet, but if you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're if for a ton for anybody who is a fullback. I mean, you just don't get the ball that often when you're when you're fullback on passes. So anyway, the other thing is that Patrick Ricard. If you look at him in profile as opposed to straight ahead, straight ahead he still looks like this mammoth man who's very broad and tall and and you know. But then when you look at him profile this year, he is slim down tremendously. And if you look at him and, and any of the offensive linemen, frankly, but but uh, Bozeman, I was looking at, you know, who's who was walking kind of in parallel with him and but but both from that profile view and Bozeman of course carrying the, the big centers frame and a lot of weight, you know, three fifteen probably in terms of his weight. Ricard still lists at three oh three, but I'm here to tell you he probably weighs more <laughs> like two sixty right now. Uh, he, he he looks fantastic. He's very he, he's in great shape. Um, I don't think that will hurt him him much as a fullback. I mean, it's probably nice to be able to carry a little bit more weight when you want to, but but they're they, you know, I think you made the point they're trying to make him more as a receiver. Yeah, and it's noted by him having four receptions here in today's practice and uh, you know, they loved to to try and refer to this uh, to pair this with something. Um, they loved Kyle Usechek. With the, mm-hmm. when he was here. They drafted Kyle Juszczyk. They utilized his, his skills as a blocker, as a receiver. They didn't use him that much as a runner, but they did use him in running stuff. Uh, Ricard hasn't got many carries in his career. He actually has one carry for negative one yards in his career with the Ravens. I looked that up. Um, really? Which st- 
dawned to me. Yes, I found this out yesterday. Oh, he's been uh, up back. I'm sure yeah, I've seen yeah, more look, than that. Look, uh, look up uh, Pro Football okay. Reference shows. I'm going. I'm going right now. You go ahead. Perfect. Yes. And so uh, <laughs> they've utilized him in the passing game more than anything. Uh, but he's no longer a defensive lineman. They're not using him in defensive line formations. Right. And for that reason, he's not this two-way player like he was when he first arrived. He's now fullback in the NFL, and he's only yes. going to be a fullback. And uh, so he's finally able to slim down the weight because he doesn't have to worry about being in the defensive line rotation anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they could they could use him. Maybe they could uh, have him finish a game on an emergency basis with what he is. I mean, that's basically where he got a lot of his snaps already was in that Chicago game in 2018, it might have been, when he came in and he played like 45 snaps because of, because of injuries that had occurred on the line in mm-hmm. that one. But yeah, I, I think the intention, even from the beginning of last year, was basically not to have him play defensive snaps uh, at all. And, and he clearly is not the right weight for it anymore. No, not at all. You got another player? No, it's uh, your turn. Okay, my turn. Let's see. Okay, I got one other play where I had notes from. So Ben Bredesen got some reps at center today. He had a low bad snap in, in, in I'm not even sure if it was a 7-on-7 seven seven or 11-on-11, 11 11, but it was a, a low, not a quite a ground ball, but it was picked up off the shoelaces or maybe on one hop. Um, but uh, he came to the sideline, and he was taking shotgun snaps or making shotgun snaps to Foster Serrell on the sideline. So I thought that was kind of neat that, that he's trying. I've been of the opinion that if the Ravens really liked who Bredesen was and they thought he was going to make the team, they would really also try and get him to get reps at center because he should be a guard center and not a guard exclusively. Or even a guard sixth lineman center would probably be ideal because he did a lot of that last year. Yeah, um, I saw the low snap as well. That's what I have marked down here. Um, I'm curious to see just how serious they are about him making the roster. Um, and I, I don't have too much other to add. You really summarized that one rather well. Um, I do have on my notes, um, I wanted to go back to one of the drills that I saw that while the first set of 11s was going on, uh, or excuse me, the, the first set of 7s after 11s had com- concluded, uh, the defensive linemen all went back to their little corner slot area where they have this little section of, uh, it just looks like a gymnasium for defensive man linemen. <laughs> yes, it's like a man game. There's just simulated, there's turf on the ground, and there's a bunch of blocks walking sleds of various shapes, sizes, and colors that they all just hit. And uh, what they were doing is they're going up against a really lightweight dummy that had just a tire on the bottom with inside of a inside of a rim and a big old steel post in it. And it's got the arms jutted out, kind of like a little bit of a boxing, you know, rock'em sock'em robots thing. And uh, the arms are movable. And each defensive lineman was walking up there and going at like a snail's pace through the through the drill where um Broderick Washington, for instance, is lifting the left arm of uh excuse me, the right arm of the of the little blocker, you know, and then he's with his right hand jutting out and trying to hit it in the center. And he's going at it incredibly slow. I know this is an audio medium, so you guys can't see this, but mm-hmm. I'm showing Ken. He was it was super slow. And the coach was talking about how it's all muscle memory and that I don't want you to slow these reps down. I want you to go through them and let yourself memorize this physically. Allow yourself to remember what you're doing to do so. And they practice the same exact drill 
each time they were doing about 10 to 20 reps is what I was trying to count and each guy went through it Calais Campbell did a certain move Brandon Williams did a certain move Derek Wolf Javon Swan all these guys were doing it on one side and then they did it on the other and the coach is saying you know the the Bruce Lee quote that is I fear not the man that has practiced 10,000 kicks once I fear the man that has practiced one kick 10,000 times and they all were they all like heard that and they're like oh that's really cool and they then like they looked like they got more into it afterwards and like Broderick Washington and, and Von Swan are like yeah that's pretty dope and this like kind of went through the drill a little bit more focused and stuff not that they were weren't taking it as seriously previously it was just like oh that caught their attention and now they're pretty excited about it and uh, I think the the drill clicked a little bit more so I noticed that during the the first set of seven so that, I missed some of the sevens because I was like, what are these D linemen doing mm-hmm. over here? Relatable set of coaches. I mean, the Ravens have them at a lot of the position groups. I mean, Keith Williams, very engaged. I think probably relates well with the, with the uh, receivers. I, T. Martin, I can't really get a gauge on him because he's not quite as boisterous and loud and you know direct and technical. Uh, Joe D. is an older guy who wouldn't necessarily connect with players, but I think he does because I think his advice is very very specific and technical. So there's lots of ways you can get there, but, but teaching players how to do that hand-fighting component, it's critical to defensive line play. It's critical, frankly, to, to outside linebacker play as well. Uh, points often made that those guys will often go learn karate because the, the, the hand fighting is of a similar nature and they and, and you know Bruce Lee references are not lost on these guys but it sounds like they, they, they're using they're, they're testing out a rip move and I wasn't watching the drill but they're testing out a rip move either way on the on these hand dummies and with the hand dummies something that were operated from behind by a human or was it just they were in a certain place so it's a. Uh, it wasn't operated by a person in front of them. It was just a, a stand-up dummy. That's uh, base was just this uh, tire, and it was very okay. light. And it was because they didn't want them hitting it hard to where it mm-hmm. just knock over. Because if you hit it too hard, this thing fell down. And one guy did it when he was fit. When they they would only knock it down on the very last move when they did it full speed after about nineteen or twenty reps. They would do the full speed move and they knock this thing over and it fall down and that would be fine. But the the reason for the drill was to truly just slowly remember where you're supposed to place your hand where you're supposed to jut out because when you're no longer thinking of course we know this is is when you're no longer thinking about the move and you just are swimming through and you're bull rushing and you're ripping through and making the moves as uh, as these pass rushers or as just defensive linemen hand fighting uh trying to you know have gap responsibility stuff like that those are the moves that you're going to want to just have your body do as soon as the snap happens without thinking about it is what the coaches were kind of trying to embrace and such and a part of that, Clay's Campbell, when he was done with his f- moves and stuff, he was standing off to the side and he was he was doing his jabs with his fist like he's in a fight and he was like <laughs> doing jab moves. He was shadow, like I said, he was shadow boxing Brandon Williams earlier. He's doing these jab moves after and he was doing them with full speed just so he could, I think, just keep that muscle memory in and uh, and truly trying to lock that 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 information. So uh, that's what I was seeing out of it. Outstanding stuff. Uh, I got a little bit more. I want to kind of go through this quickly because we need to wrap this up. But Justin Tucker had a 50-yard field goal. Then he came back from the mid-30s and kicked it onto the roof of the castle. I'm sure he's done that before, but it's just kind of neat because it bounced on the roof, then it bounced twice more on the roof and came down. And uh, it's just one of those moments where where you think, boy, you know, he's gonna he's gonna get a bill for some tile or something. But uh, definitely a, 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 a cool kick to watch. Yeah, I always love watching Justin Tucker's kicks, and it was rather entertaining to watch everybody go, ooh, once he hit the top of that roof. 
Yeah, right off the right off the top of the net. Um, okay, so a few more things real quick. Uh, we had Wade overran tight coverage of Gray in the end zone. Kind of got scolded by the coach. That was a quick moment. Uh, I'm gonna go through these quickly. Uh, Prochet made a tip drill play to himself, which I would normally be happy about Prochet making that play. But the fact of the matter is, I'm more unhappy about Tavon Young not being able to do anything about it. And he, he tipped the ball about four times to himself before he finally caught it. Um, Bowser uh, broke on a pass over the middle for Dobbins, broke it up. It was near INT. That's a lot of the old Bowser we're seeing there. The old Bowser probably would have caught it too, but uh, we'll Yeah, I mean, Bowser's... On. Good. Well, Go yeah, with Bowser, um, you know, he's, he's just flying across the field. I've been thoroughly impressed by him. Everybody's talking about him as, uh, as always. His coverage skills are a part of it. I also liked when he um, had... Uh, a defensive play against uh, Lamar Jackson. He was going to be one-on-one with Jackson. I think, and you know, Lamar in any one-on-one situation probably has the advantage, but Tyus Bowser had him near dead to rights as you can in normal situations. So uh, Bowser was a guy that I also uh, found as, uh, as impressive. Yep, uh, definitely a, a player the Ravens are depending on for a big year. Our uh, Darius Washington made a nice play to shut down a check down pass to Gray. Wester, you got his PD already. Ford had a PD in coverage of Victor. Away beat uh, McCary. His nice inside move on McCary uh, for the sack. He was kind of upset that it wasn't whistled dead. In fact, he, he gets past the quarterback and he's got his hands out, you know, palms out. We're going, you know, what the hell? Why aren't you going? Why aren't you blowing this dead? Kind of thing. But love to see that. And I think you already you already called out the Dalen Hayes beat Villanueva for for a sack earlier in practice. So uh, another, I, I see another good practice for the defense. I didn't see a lot of long throws completed for the for the uh, Ravens offense, but there were a couple that were behind the defense kind of in the middle of the field where there might have been a coverage breakdown involved too yeah overall definitely a defensive practice uh that's at the re- that reasoning is is due to three starting wide receivers out and plus boykin plus kane you know they're they're just so banged up that i don't think the the talent at receiver is capable of really breaking through and when that happens um mark andrews is expected to just go superhero mode and uh unfortunately you know he's probably getting double covered at, at some point or they're mm-hmm. they're really focusing in on him because you know if they're going to treat it like it's an actual game situation hey they uh, they're starting receivers out we might as well cover the one guy that's uh, uh that poses a real threat at this point so right. Um, yeah, overall a defensive practice for sure. Uh, but it, you know, for it being a soft practice, like you and I said in the beginning, there was a lot of notes that came from it, and uh, we were able to catch quite a lot, even though it was not the intensity that we typically see uh, of of their practices. Yeah, c- completely agree. But they're they're you know they're still trying. They're still trying to make plays on passes defense, and they're still trying to get by their opponents probably a little bit more than they were in the earlier unpadded practices in camp, and uh, and that's good to see. Kyle, been a pleasure doing these with you, uh, you know, day after day during camp, and and uh, we'll have to pick this up again next year. I think I think I'm done for camp. I'm not a hundred percent sure that there won't be an opportunity next week to go for one more day. If there is, maybe we'll do it again. If not, thank you so much for doing these. Absolutely, uh, this has been a blast being a part of your show. Um, uh, thank you very much for having me on, Ken. <laughs> All right, I, always a pleasure, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Save 
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.